Hello and welcome, my faithful and loyal <coughs> readers and listeners. Welcome to another segment of First of the Day. <coughs> Today's verse comes from Proverbs 29 25. Because the fear of mankind is a snare, but the one who trusts in the Lord is protected. A snare or a trap is something that can be fatal. In the word fear that is used here literally means sheer terror. So what then is Solomon telling us here? He is telling us that a wise person does not fear mortal man. And the only one to fear, respect, or stand in awe of is the Lord. Because he is able to both protect and destroy. <coughs> Today's Bible readings <coughs> are Leviticus 19, 1 through 20, 21. Mark 8, 11 through 38. Psalm 42, 1 through 11, and Proverbs 10, 17. Suffering is a struggle in a lifelong battle. 
against sin is so we struggle. That first day is a struggle and a life of battle against sin. So in that struggle, battle against life of sin, we must willingly endure suffering by crucifying and <coughs> putting to death, which means not feeding and becoming unresponsive to our own sinful desires. The secondary obstacle of suffering is in a struggle is the struggle in a is our struggle in a war against Satan and the demonic powers of evil. <coughs> and in that struggle we must be willing to suffer rejection and hardship in order to promote Christ's purposes on earth. And so in this process we will experience spiritual opposition and hostility and we will face resistance and persecution <coughs> as we stand against false teachers who corrupt the true message of Christ. So the third area of struggle and suffering is we have to we suffer hatred and ridicule from the world because of our devotion to Christ and his standards of truth and right. So we must understand people will strongly oppose us because our example and testimony expose the evil <coughs> their beliefs, behaviors, and lifestyles. We also must remember that our examples and testimonies must be conveyed with love and humility. In the last area of commitment for in the last area of struggle and suffering we have to be committed to is that we must be like Jesus. We also may suffer ridicule and persecution from religious people or ungodly leaders. <coughs> what all this means is that we must spiritually separate ourselves from the world and its beliefs. So 2 Corinthians 6, 17-18 has this to say about our separation from the world of spiritually. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. <coughs> and I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. But the concept of separation from evil is fundamental <coughs> to God's relationship with his people. According to the Bible, separation, separation involves two dimensions, one negative and the other positive. The negative dimension relates to what we must avoid or not do, and the positive dimension relates to what we should seek after or must do. So the first area, remember, is the negative dimension. So that that's the <coughs> area where we must deliberately separate ourselves morally and spiritually from sin, which is everything that is contrary to the working character of Jesus Christ and God's Word. So that's the negative dimension, the first dimension of separation. So the second dimension of separation is positive is a positive dimension. But that must we must <coughs> purposefully pursue a deeper and closer relationship with God through a time spent in prayer, God's word, worship and service. So by putting our primary effort into pursuing a deeper relationship <coughs> with God and fulfilling His purposes for our lives, we will naturally take on Christ's character traits and become further removed from evil. This two-way separation.
separation results in a deep sense of our relationship with God as our Heavenly Father who lives with us by His Spirit and takes care of us because we are His sons and daughters. There are seven things that we know about the spiritual separation from the world. So the first thing we need to know about is that separation was an ongoing <coughs> requirement for God's people. They were expected to be holy. This meant living in a way that was distinct and different <coughs> from those who did not follow God. Though it may have seemed like an extreme measure, God typically requ required Israel to remain separate from the people of other nations whose corrupt lifestyles and religious practices would influence his people to rebel against him and abandon their faith in him. One king's kings. God punished his people by allowing them to be conquered and exiled into Assyria and Babylon was their continued desire to worship false gods and imitate the wicked lifestyles of the nations around them. So that's the first thing. That's the first thing we need to know. The second thing we need to know is that in the New Testament, God commanded Christ to followers to remain separate from the corrupt world system and from behaviors <coughs> that compromise God's standards of purity and integrity. So we are to remain separate from those in the church, particularly those who say they are followers of Jesus, who <coughs> disobey and defy God and refuse to turn from their own wings and follow Christ with passion. Finally, to remain separate from false teachers, churches, or religious systems. They promote ungodly beliefs and deny the truth of God's word as revealed in the Bible. <coughs> so that is the second thing that we need to know. The third thing that we need to know is that our attitude as we are separated must be one of hatred towards sin and the corrupt world sin. Opposition to false religious teaching, true compassion for those from whom we must be separated in perspective and behavior, which includes a willingness to pray for and reach out to them with the love and message of Christ, and a and lastly a respective fear of God that will cause us to remain pure and true to His purposes. So that's the third thing, you know. The fourth thing we need to know about separation is the purpose of separation is that we as God's people might hold fast the way of righteousness through Christ and grow in our spiritual salvation, our faith, and our personal purity and holiness. And as we grow in this way, we also grow in our service and devotion to God as our Lord and Father. And lastly, as we grow, lastly, as we grow in this way, we also grow in our ability to influence and convince others of the truth of Christ's message and the blessings of following Him. So that's the fourth thing we need.
you know, the fifth thing we need to know is if we separate ourselves in true faith and willing obedience, God himself, God himself rewards us by bringing us into a deeper relationship, deeper relationship with him. As a result, <coughs> we will have a greater sense of his protection, blessing, and fatherly care. He promises to be everything that a good father should be. He will be our counselor and guide. He will love and cherish us as his own children. That's the fifth thing, the sixth thing. The refusal of God's people to separate themselves from evil worship will result in the loss of companionship with God, the loss of acceptance by the Father, and the loss of our rights as children of God. That's the sixth thing. The seventh thing, the seventh and final thing that we should know, is separation does not mean that we refuse to communicate with or reach out to sinners. Yes, we are. We certainly must avoid relationships and activities, <coughs> relationships, activities, and behaviors, even with people in the church, that would cause us to compromise or defy God's commands, principles, and standards. But with God's guidance. We also must find ways to reach out to people in love and communicate the message of forgiveness in new life through faith in Christ. However, in doing so, we must not foolishly expose ourselves to ungodly temptations and even <coughs> and evil influences that could lessen our influence for and our relationship with God. We must remember that many once committed Christians had made regrettable choices in building close relationships with those who choose to live without God in his standards, and as a result they have discovered the truth and reason behind God's repeated warnings when avoiding spiritually questionable activities and close associations with people of poor character. So that's the separation Jesus was talking about. So Jesus ends his teaching on being separate, separate from the world, spiritually with these words. For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him, when he comes in the glory of his Father, with the holy angels. That's Mark 8.38. So, Jesus clearly sees the world system and the society in which we live in as <clears throat> an adulterous and sinful generation. In fact, most of humankind are unfaithful to God's purposes for their lives and are rebellious against Him. When Christ returns, He will reject, will reject all those who have been more concerned about how people view them than about how God views them. So it would be wise of you to consider whose side you're going to be on. Because unless you have completely separated yourself from the world and its values, then you have made yourself an enemy of God and everything that he stands for. And that is why it is vitally important for those of us who are followers of Christ to deny ourselves daily and take up our crosses in order to follow Him. And tomorrow's Bible readings are Leviticus 20, 22 through 22, 16.
Mark 9, 1 through 29. Psalm 43, 1 through 5. And Proverbs 10, 8 